Hey there, welcome to the Jobs for Women podcast, where we empower and uplift women to succeed and thrive in their professional life whilst looking after their well-being. In this podcast, we'll be discussing the issues and challenges faced by women in the workplace with particular focus on gender equality. We believe that every woman deserves the opportunity to excel in her career regardless of her gender, and we're committed to helping women break through the barriers that hold them back. Join us every week as we hear from experts, share stories, and give advice. We've got an incredible community of women who support and encourage each other, and we're so happy that you are here. Let's break down the gender barriers and create a more equitable and inclusive workplace for all. Welcome to another episode of the Jobs for Women podcast. I'm really excited. I say that every week. I'm really excited. Well, I am really excited to welcome this week's guest. Guest, rather. We have Carly Parry, who is a self-leadership coach. Welcome to the podcast. Hello. I'm so excited you're here. I feel like we connected months and months and months and months ago, and we have spoken loads haven't we and we finally made it happen we have spoken loads it's actually been um just really nice to have someone to chat to you know about all this kind of stuff and you know when you see things that are inspiring or really resonate actually being able to like reach out and just have some really interesting conversations about stuff um so yeah so it's exciting that it's it's finally happening and we're here so yeah it's funny isn't it like I feel we connected and we're pretty similar um business women and I've even like bounced ideas off you as I've been developing jobs for women which is always really which is appreciate I always appreciate because it can be a lonely space can't it setting up a business that's the thing and it's you know the reality is you know if, if we're talking about these topics we have to is it walk the talk is the phrase I'm looking for and supporting each other because you know, running a business is lonely. Um, and it is just nice to have someone to chat back and forth with about things. Um, I think it's sort of really under underplayed how much we need other people. You know, I think we're in a society now where you constantly see, I did it on my own and mm-hmm. um, doing it by yourself and being independent. But I think the meaning behind those things is lost. Yes, you need to do certain things by yourself because no one can do it for you but that doesn't mean that you can't have people supporting you listening to you um and just making you feel like seen and heard like I think we we're massively missing that um and so yeah it's just really nice to find somebody to to have that experience with so so talk to us selfish leadership sorry not selfish (laughs) self-leadership coach it's going to be one of those days you know when you wake up in the morning I'm like I think it's going to be one of those days and you know I'm just going to roll with it talk to us about the self-leadership coach what do you do so I basically work with sort of frustrated action takers or change makers um, and high achievers and so what I do is I help them to basically rediscover the skills that they already have to sort of lead their own lives and create the impact that they actually want to create, whether that's at home or at work or in their communities. Um, You know, because we have all these things within us already, just sometimes with all the noise of everything that goes on, we just kind of lose like touch with those things. Um, 
so yes yeah, so that's the kind of work so whether that's through coaching programs um or like master classes you know that's the kind of kind of work i do so you know when you talked about losing touch do you think that perhaps we're losing touch with our i don't know goals where we want to be in life because we're why is it is it because we're too busy is it because we don't know who we are I think I think it's a combination. I think it's a combination of all of those things. It's I think some of us know where we want to go, but we don't know how to get there. Or we're too busy to keep it kind of in the forefront of our mind. Um, and I think as well, like sometimes that that busyness just dampens down who who we are and who we want to be and actually what we want from life you know I think society just throws at us all these things we should be doing all these things we should want all these things that mean success um that we lose sight of what we really want and often you know when I start dealing with clients they, they'll be like they know what they don't want but they've lost sight of what they they do want because they've started to disconnect with themselves because they've kind of bought into what everybody else tells them they should be what everybody else tells them a good worker looks like or a good mother looks like or a good partner looks like um and they don't really know what they want or need anymore they've kind of sort of put themselves a bit down the pecking list if that makes sense yeah, absolutely. I think that is so interesting just as a topic. You know, when you think about it, like I often think about my early career and there wasn't social media and I still found it hard and I didn't know what I wanted, but I kind of did, but I knew I wanted to do well. If I then brought social media in with comparison, looking at what other people are doing, then it makes sense exactly what you just said that we're comparing ourselves almost so much that we lose sight of what we really want. I bet there's a mass, I bet a lot of people listening can, can relate to that. So we're going to talk, um, we're going to kind of, cause the, we, we talked, didn't we off the pod? What, what shall I, what should we talk about? And we could talk about endless topics. And um, we, I mean, we've just talked for about half an hour before we started recording. And then we said, let's start recording. Um, but we're really going to focus on a subject that I'm really interested in, which is burnout. Um, and I know that you have experienced burnout in your own journey. Can you just give us a little bit of insight into that? Uh, what, into how it was or how I got there? Yeah, just uh, whatever you feel comfortable sharing. Um, I mean, I think over my life, I've sort of coped with challenges, um, basically by overworking. Um, we were talking earlier, I'm quite, I'm very high functioning, so... I'll be run to the ground, but you probably wouldn't have any idea because um, all my commitments and all my deadlines will still be met, um, which I think is, you know, that's a topic in itself about the the people that suffer burnout that people would never, never know. Um, and so I had like some personal situations and then I, I went back to my corporate job, um, which I had originally left. And for a while, I was kind of in that survival sort of finding my ground finding my feet um and then COVID happened and um, as I said my coping mechanism is to overwork and I was probably starting work at about 5 a.m um homeschooling running a household 
doing a big project in different time zones. So sometimes I'd still be taking calls to 11, 12 o'clock at night. And yeah, and eventually it sort of got to the point that I wasn't coping. I think I, ch I sort of chalked it up to COVID. Um, but all my work was being done. Like I said, my house was being taken care of, you know. But the thing that kind of got me is I got to this point with it that I just didn't want to help myself anymore. So I'd always been that person, knocked down, I'd have a little cry or have a little rant and sort of dust myself back up, get off, right, this is what I'm going to do. This is, the, this is the action plan. These are the steps I'm going to take. And I just didn't have that. And I think at this point, you know, I was mid-30s probably, um, mid to late 30s. And so that was like a challenge in itself because I was like, I, I, I want somebody to do this for me. Like I don't want to, I am so exhausted. That's the only way I can describe it. I'm so exhausted. I don't want to do it. And for me, that's actually quite a scary place to be because the reality is no one can do something for you. No one can go to work for you. No one can make you take care of yourself. No one can make you feel good about yourself. I think that's the other thing. Um, there are things that can help and support that, but ultimately that's kind of an inside job. And so then I sort of started doing some work with a coach and exploring various things and I chalked a lot of it up to you know this work environment that I was in it was super toxic and blah 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 blah. um and I thought right I need to leave but then part of me realized that actually some of it was driven by my own my own coping mechanisms so that thing to overwork that thing to not have boundaries in place and I remember like I had a coach and I was talking to them, they're like, right, you're gonna tell them that you're not you're gonna take a week off, you're not gonna answer your emails. And I was like, oh no, this is not this is not working for me, this is not sitting right. Um and then I thought that's a problem. That's a real problem. Like the the need that, oh my God, well, what, what are they going to do? And at the time there was no, major, if there's a major project or something going on, I can be relaxed, but there really wasn't anything. But I just got in the habit that that then felt wrong. So I was like, yeah, this is a problem now. Um, and so I did it. And then that kind of sort of kick-started the catalyst for right putting boundaries in place and developing more purpose again with the work that I was doing rather than just saying yes to everything. I think I kind of got into a bit of a scarcity mindset, a bit of a fear mindset, um, a bit of a constant need for that external validation, not wanting anyone to think that I wasn't capable or competent or, you know, all those kind of little negative stories that we tell ourselves. And so actually, as I started to address those things, that's when the, that burnout started to actually lift. And I thought it's interesting because I think if I'd have upped and left, all of those patterns and behaviours would have just followed me. Yeah, 100%. Because I'd be back in that, I've started a new job. I've got to prove I'm capable. I've got to be available. I've got to be seen to be agreeable. I've, you know, all those all those stories that we tell ourselves make a good worker, which we can probably talk about what actually makes a good worker. As <laughs> that's probably a whole separate podcast. Um, yeah. So that's kind. That was kind of the shift. And then I was like, there are so many people. Like you hear all this stuff about burnout, and also as well, a lot of the language about burnout is about managing it and it's like no it's not it's not something you should be managing 
mm-hmm. full stop like it comes up um you know if you kind of i mean to make a sort of dramatic comparison you know when someone has cancer for example that's an illness that you manage because the end is ultimately for most people the end will eventually come from from cancer obviously depending on what type it is whereas this is not something that should be part of our daily lives and it doesn't it doesn't need to be it is something that we can eradicate um with the right understanding yeah. so normally when i talk about sort of burnout and overwhelm with clients it's more about understanding and and in some ways i sort of say working with it because if you're experiencing burnout it's your body physically telling you something's not right it's like the equivalent of you know when you get you know if you have something that's not supposed to be in your body lodged in it and your body tries to expel it like it's the same it's the same kind of thing so it's about right okay you've you're experiencing burnout, you're experiencing overwhelm, you've got all these physical symptoms, all these emotional symptoms. This isn't something you manage. Mm-hmm. This is something you need to understand so that you don't get ill. It's like we take vaccines so we don't get sick, you know. Yeah. The same kind it's the same kind of principle. So I think it's interesting um that A, you started to work with a coach, which is is a good step isn't it that you recognize that but i think what from what you said as well i thought what was really really interesting in is that they said take a week off don't respond to emails and your reaction was like oh well i can't do that but then the coach asking you to do that then made you almost recognize that that's where something wasn't right um so it was almost like the catalyst it was the turning point wasn't it yeah and i And I think a big part of the work has to be that awareness. Like if you're having that reaction, if something, you know, if you feel like you say to yourself, well, I can't not do that one thing. Yeah. Okay. Well, what, what is the reason? What's the reason behind that? Um, Because we tell ourselves stories and we're told stories by other people and it doesn't mean it's, it's true. I think the best, um, I was say that the piece of advice that changed like, the tra- trajectory of my life was many years ago. I was suffering stress and anxiety, so this is nearly a decade ago. So can you see it? It's like gone from stress and anxiety, and then it's later come to full blown burnout. And I was working with a cognitive behavioural therapist, and they just as a sort of throwaway comment about something we were talking about, just kind of said to me, you know, just because that's someone's opinion of you, doesn't make it true. And I don't know if it's like, you know, like sometimes at certain timing, certain things hit you. Yeah. And that cha- literally changed my life, that one piece of advice. And so I think developing that awareness of, okay, this is happening. I'm either having this physical reaction or this emotional reaction um, about this situation do I need to? And and why am I? Mm. And then you start to identify like what's what's a true reaction, like a like a proportional reaction, and actually what's something built in something a lot deeper, a lot more systemic 
um, that maybe isn't actually in based in fact, it's based from fear. Um, and once you start doing that, that's kind of when you put yourself back in the driver's seat, as opposed to at the mercy of those reactions, because, you know, our, our body is trained to help us survive. But survival that our body's geared for is, you know, are we going to be eaten by a bear? You know, are, are, is our neighbouring village going to, you know, attack us and take all our sheep? You know, it's that kind of stuff. Whereas today it's my boss sent me that email. There's too much traffic. I'm constantly getting um, overstimulated by notifications and emails and phone calls and busy schedules, you know, trying to organise where your kids are, your work schedule, what you and your partner are doing when, you know, when you need to get the car MOT, like it's very different. And we don't have physically, we don't have the processes in place that mean we kind of discharge that energy. So it just kind of bounds around inside of us. And then, you know, we're a lot more cognitively advanced now as well. So then we put stories to those feelings. Um, and so it's it's like a whole mix. But once you start like stopping and pausing and sort of gaining some consciousness you can be like right is this my body trying to keep me safe is it a real threat is it something i can alleviate um so yeah i mean as humans we're, we're extremely complicated and it's wonderful and it's beautiful but it's not always clear-cut if yeah i love i love how you described that energy bouncing around the body because as you know like i'm a yoga teacher i talked last night and talked a little bit about energy and i often teach about like clearing blockages and letting the energy move freely and and when you just described that you know like all the to-dos whatever whoever's listening to the podcast now you know might have a busy day busy few weeks busy months and it's like unless you pause and it's taking those pauses but how does someone listening to this recognize that they're not pausing or that they need to pause or where's the energy going to go if, if someone's listening and they're thinking they might be experiencing burnout what what advice would you give to them i mean first of all like we said it sort of comes back to that awareness like because burnout can show out in two different ways so you've obviously you know you've got the fight and flight so that's when we talk about that kind of energy bouncing around and then the other side is like that disconnection that part where you're living i always describe it as like you're living your life you're going through your day but it's kind of like you're watching it over your shoulder so you're kind of like just that step behind so you're not kind of in your body um and they're the two sides and so it's really about i think i always suggest like starting off with working out how you react in certain situations you know physically do you feel sort of like more mobilized that more gotta do energy or that um you know, like tapping, you know, when you're fidgeting or you've like got to constantly be on the go or are you more, I'm here and I'm actually physically not moving my body because what you do in those situations is dependent on on how you're reacting um, because if you're in that more do energy, for example, you need to physically expel it maybe with some some more active movement because maybe if you try and if you're very heightened trying to do something like yoga you're going to have too much resistance because you you've not trained your body to take maybe a slower pace maybe if you were going to do yoga maybe do something like a vinyasa class you know as opposed to you know 
a yin class or you know there's like a, the differences so understanding that's key whereas if you're maybe more in that kind of disconnected sort of free state doing something that moves your body that gets yourself back in and um, back in connection with it um one exercise i normally sort of suggest for both so whether you're sort of in that mobilized or you're immobilized state is what i sort of call that it's called progressive muscle relaxation and you just go down down your body and you sort of clench so you might clench your hands for like five seconds five breaths and then release it and then you might curl yourself up into a ball and release it so you can do it with different body parts however whatever feels comfortable to you but the key is to really sort of become aware of that feeling of when you're really clenched and then notice the difference when you release and the reason it works for both sides of it is it's still activating enough if you're in that mobile mobilized state because then you're feeling that tension that you're already feeling and then you're observing that release which is then communicating to your nervous system you know okay we, we've let that go we can be calm um whereas if you're in that disconnected state it's encouraging you to feel sort of an activated um an activated sensation by clenching everything and then releasing so it's kind of helping to bring you back in your body um i i teach that sometimes but i don't often think to do it in my working day you know like in the moment and are these examples you know like there's two there's that high energy do energy and then there's the disconnection can that change on a daily basis can one yeah. day i wake up and i'll be yeah so 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 it's it's again taking that time to notice each day every few hours where you're at isn't it? it's giving yourself that time and space to pause yeah i mean it can it can change by situation yeah um so it can you could go in and out through the day and some of this is going to depend on your perceptions of danger maybe around particular situations and i know some people be like danger well answering an email isn't dangerous but that's that's what we feel you know and whether that's because we've got you know we've developed these coping mechanisms that we have to be perfect so that no one judges us because we don't want to be judged by other people and there's a whole evolutionary reason behind that um whether it's you know that people pleasing once again that falls into that that judgment category you know we don't want to be exposed to other people we don't want to feel that we're not good enough you know procrastination is more a little bit on that it's not quite but it's kind of on that free spectrum you know you're avoiding doing the thing because actually it gives you a mini sort of stress relief mm -hmm. so you procrastinate i have i have a bad habit of what i call productive procrastination <laughs> so my I, I, my productive procrastination is there's something i want to do but i'm nervous about doing it or I don't feel I know how to do it is sometimes the other thing. And I'm, I'm not quite sure. And it feels a little bit overwhelming. I will then do pretty much 101 other things. Bar that thing until I'm literally to the deadline that it's got to be done. Right. And I call that, that's my, you know, my productive procrastination, which is great because, you know, I've done all these other things, but I really need to do this, this one thing first. Um, and once you kind of acknowledge it about yourself, like now I like laugh and joke about it. It's not something to berate myself for. It's just that shows me that that's something outside my comfort zone. Yeah. 
I love that. I think I can totally relate to that. Just going back one step, you know, when we talk about this fight or flight um, and the opening the email example, I was chatting to a friend recently and we were both similar, depending on, especially for me, hormones, time of the month. We talked about this idea of, you know, when, the, when you know, like, I mean, back in the day when I worked in corporate, if a certain person emailed and I had an association about them, the people pleasing, that was a scary not a bear attack but you know it's if, if that's the type of person you are and I bet people listening can relate to that if there's a certain person or you get chased for something it can you know that reaction that's real isn't it how do how do you how does someone if someone is listening and has that which I know there will be how how do you how does how do you recognize it and make changes I mean I, I always think that I mean it does depend on your job role but Generally, if, we, if we're talking emails as an example, um, I can't. It's kind of about putting you back in control a bit. So you know, like everyone had. As far as I'm concerned, email is not an instant form of communication. It's the same as sending me a letter. It just arrives a lot quicker. If I, you know, vice versa. Um, so my suggestion with that, if you're in that kind of work environment where you can not check your emails instantly. Mm. Um, is to say you're going to check them every hour, two hours, half hour, whatever it is that works for your job. Because then you can say, right, I'm going to do my emails and you can just take a little moment beforehand. Whereas, you know, there's nothing worse. You're working on one thing and something pops up and then that's it. You get the pain in your chest, the butterflies go, and then you're like, well, I'm doing this. Oh, and I've got to read that email. And then also what happens, you know, if, if we, you can link it to even like productivity is, you then get distracted by that. So then you go and sort that thing out and then you have to come back to doing what you were doing before. Um, and that actually uses a lot of your decision-making capabilities. It uses a lot more energy. And then actually that means that as the day goes on, the more tired you get, the more easily those kind of reactions are gonna flood your system, gonna drain you of your energy, means you're going to make choices that don't necessarily align with the things you want to be doing. You know, so you may have planned that you were going to go for a nice walk after work. And instead, what you do is you come in, you lay on the sofa and you eat a pack of biscuits. I'm not talking from personal experience. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're like, oh, well, no, I wanted to do this. And that would have actually made me feel better. Whereas actually, I've just kind of put myself in, you know, in a state that I don't want to be I mean there is nothing wrong with you know watching Netflix and eating a pack of biscuits um but it's like all of these things it's there's times when things serve you yeah. and times when things don't and I think that's always the interesting thing because I think what happens is as well like a lot of people berate themselves like I, I find it really hard people just really lack compassion for themselves and they talk about I should know better I should do better I know I do this and I shouldn't, you know, it's that kind of dialogue that just isn't, it isn't helpful and it isn't nurturing. And actually it just compounds the problem further. Mm. And that's why I love coming at this always from like the, that point of the nervous system, because your nervous system is designed to keep you safe. And yes, that's kind of changed as we've evolved. But when you look at it as a protector, you can start to give yourself, I, I just think people find it easy to give themselves more compassion because it's kind of a little bit removed from them. And they can go, well, 
I know you're trying to keep me safe and I'm really grateful that someone's looking out for me. But in this situation, that's possibly not keeping me safe. It's, it's kind of like the equivalent of not going for the job you really want just in case they say no. Like that's not that's not helping you. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can see why people would say, oh, don't, don't do it, you're not ready because they don't want you to be rejected. So it's that sort yeah. of... Yeah. So if someone is, because I know again from experience and on, on the podcast, this has come up about people being their worst, you know, in a critic, would you speak to someone else the way you speak to yourself? If if people listening are recognizing that that's what they're doing, how do they sh- how do they make that shift? How do they stop speaking to themselves in that way? I mean, the things you've got to understand is it's a habit. Right. So a lot of these things like they're not traits, you know, they're not fixed. They're just habits. And habits can be broken habits can be changed habits can be adapted and so once you recognize right I've got this habit like this thing happens and my instinct is to go to well I have to do it all myself because I can't rely on anybody else you know that's a great one Um, I think particularly for women (laughs) if I don't do it nobody else will you know which isn't helpful Um, and you go right well why, why am I doing that well because I have a fear that if I rely on somebody else they're going to let me down or it's not going to be done or actually I feel that I feel safer feeling in control you know once you start looking at those things you start to notice because that that narrative will sometimes still invoke a reaction in you even if it's not that I have to do it myself seems the obvious go-to um because also then you start taking on more as well so why do I take on everything at work oh well because I feel like I have to because if I don't, I can't trust that somebody else won't do it and I don't have to pick it up or um, it just needs to be done. So mm-hmm. I'll do it. Like it kind of can feed in a hundred different ways. Um, so that would be the first point. And so then once you identify, right, okay, I have this narrative. The next thing is to start identifying like what are the situations where that shows up? So just pick whatever it is. If there's just something you want to change, just pick the one thing. Don't try and pick a hundred things. Just pick one and be like, right, I'm just going to refocus on when this shows up in my day. Um, And just just even the simple act of acknowledging it, you'll start going, oh, that's interesting. And you might stop there. Like you don't have to sit and completely analyze it or anything, but just be like, oh, it shows up here and it shows up here. Then after a while, you'll be like, oh, well, why, why do I do that? And what do I gain from it? Because that's the thing. So you have, so anything to do with habits, I highly, highly, highly recommend James Clear's book called Atomic Habits. I think it breaks it down really, really, really well. Um, he makes it super relatable. And it's, it's, so you have your cue, which is that kind of this thing happens and then you crave something. So that craving could be, like we said, that control, that fear that you can't rely on somebody else. And so you have to do it. And then you respond. So what's your habit? Like you do this, you do this, and then you have this response. And how do you respond? And then what's your reward for that? Now, someone might go, well, I don't get any reward for that because I'm doing everything myself and I don't want to. And it's like, no, that's genuinely how you feel, but you are getting a reward. So whether it's that security that you know it's done, you know, that security that, um, you know, someone's not going to judge you for not doing it because you might have a, you know, you might have a 
crazy narrative that if you don't do everything, someone's going to say you're lazy, which isn't true. But that's just a story you've you developed, and then you and then you break it down. So you've started to watch when you get the cue, and now you want to change what that craving is. So actually, really, now I've got this cue. What do I want? Do I want to do it for myself? Or do I want to ask somebody else to do it? Do I want to ask for help? Um, do I need to do it right now is another one, you know, because sometimes you get that cue of it's all got to be done and then you just do it without even thinking it. Do I want to do it? Do I need to do it? Does it need to be done now? Or is it even important, you know? So you can start to look at those kind of things and then you can alter your response. And the more you practice that, the more the neural pathways in your brain get function, like, you know, linked together, and then you get your reward. And then over time, that pathway gets more and more worn until that's kind of your automatic. Now, you might find at times that you're like overly stressed, you might go back to that old habit. But you've got your new one to fall back on. And so it's it's a it's a slow process. Um, but I always and I kind of sort of say it's a bit like when you go somewhere you've not been before, and you you know put the address into Google, and the first time you drive, you just wait you know till Google shouts at you to tell you to go left and right, and you're not really paying that much attention other than what you're being shouted at and told to do. Um, and then maybe the next time you go, you start to maybe pay a little bit of attention to the surroundings, being like, oh, I recognise that. And then the more you travel the route, eventually. You don't need Google, and you can just and and this is it's the same thing in our, the pathways in our brain is kind of how I explain it. I love that. I find that so fascinating, especially when we start talking about pathways. And I love James's book as well. I have just recently read that. I love his analogy on the marbles. You know, like I think it's sales calls, like moving the marble yeah. from one jar to the other. Um, but I loved everything that you said in that. And I, what I'm hearing is it's like that recognizing it first and foremost and not having to analyze it straight off, you know, like, oh, okay, that's what's happening. And then taking it, taking it slow. And I can relate to so many things, you know, um, in my people pleasing mentality, when I think back to the corporate days and even now, like an email pings, and you might think oh, I need to respond now for whatever reason, whatever your brain. And it's kind of like, actually, no, taking that time. And, and, and we have a little freebie at the moment, a little um, a guide on setting boundaries, because I feel so passionately about this and that I didn't do it in my early career. And I think that interrelates to what we're talking about. If you're taking on too much at home, at life, at work, and you're not setting the boundaries and you are responding to emails as soon as they come in from the boss or whatever then you're not setting you don't have your clear boundaries so it all kind of ties in doesn't it so it's it's taking that time to recognize what you're doing and what you want to change i also loved what you said about not taking a hundred things and just focusing on one at a time um do you work predominantly with women have you worked with a lot of women on burnout in can you share what's, any stories yeah i mean what's really interesting is i've in coaching i work with women um i haven't had any male clients not because i don't take male clients just because i haven't um but i come from a predominantly male industry so that i always think that's kind of quite interesting um and 
it is you know one thing when we talk about boundaries is it can be it can be a lot harder to reset your boundaries in some way that you're familiar with so i knew in my corporate job my boundaries in my previous job were not what i wanted for the new job because i knew at some point i was going to have children and i knew that that wasn't going to be sustainable so i reset my boundaries in terms of time um and so it kind of worked quite well that was a bit easy but at that point i wasn't suffering burnout i didn't necessarily have any um struggles it was just something that i was aware of that i I mean, because it was a very different time when I had kids, you know, it's like 11, 12 years ago. And it is, it is a lot different in the workplace or in the places that I work compared to, you know, when I, when I had my eldest. Um, and I was very conscious of, so it would kind of seem a bit seamless, you know, it wouldn't be a, a raise, of, raise of red flag that she's going at five, half five, or um, I tend to go and I've always tended to go into the office early rather than stay late anyway. So and no one notices when you're in the office early, which is why I go in early so I can actually get work done because that's why I'm, there. <laughs> um, I'm not there for FaceTime. You know, if you stay late, I have to find people come and talk to you and you're like, no, I'm here because I've got stuff to do. But anyway, that's an aside. And um, and so it can be harder to reset those boundaries when you're somewhere that you are. But once you start practicing it, in the environment you're in like that's probably the the bigger challenge you're going to face and even if that's a struggle and even if you don't feel that it's been i'm going to say successful it's not the right way. i'm not really big on using the word success because i think that's an external validator and because that looks different for everybody but it's not not to the level that you would like it to be and you decide actually this is not the environment for me because now i've I've reset the boundaries, I've reset the expectations, and we're clearly not aligned. What I want and how I want to work and what you want from me, no longer me, I need to go somewhere else. It means that when you go to that new place, you've you've kind of done the hard work. Um, and I've uh, a client recently, that's what she did. She um, was umming and ahhing about wanting to leave for a long time and, and she had multiple job offers. And one was paying a lot more and she was just like, you know, I just don't feel, I don't feel I can do this work and start somewhere new. And I think it's not going to be what I hope it to be. And I feel that would kind of be counterintuitive. And so she stayed where she was and they did lots of things and kind of adjusted what they were doing. And then after that, she was like, I still, I still don't want to be there. And now she's literally just in the next week, she'll start in her new new job in her new role, which she's actually excited about because she's not trying to escape something. You know, we get to that point, I think, when we've got burnout. I always say it's like you feel like you want to burn it all down. Like you literally want to burn it all down and start again. And I mean, I love a clean start. I love a fresh start. Um, we were talking about it being September and how I love September. Um, I think that's just conditioned in me from like education. And so it gives you that, if you, you burn it all down, but then you're going to rebuild the same. Mm. Whereas actually, you know, I kind of look at it like this is a renovation project in your, in your old company and renovation projects can go great and you can love it. Or by the time you're done with the re renovation project, you're so like sick of looking at it. You know all the little quirks that aren't quite what you want. And 
it may still feel a bit too higgledy piggledy or like and you or you've just fallen out of love with it because of all the work that's been involved in it and you're ready for something new then you move and you might go move to a new build you know mm-hmm. and and where well, you just have to go and put pictures on the wall you know you don't have to smash the walls down or put in a new kitchen or whatever um and so that's kind of the stuff that I kind of see through my clients and a lot of them end up staying where they are at least for at least for you know a year or, or two before they're sort of ready to move I on I, I can really relate to that I think I'm a bit of a escape go leave run 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 and I bet loads of people listening can relate to that as well so that's really interesting we could talk all day um but we're gonna have to wrap up um I am fascinated by the work that you do and hopefully we're going to do a session aren't we in the jobs for women membership um I find your knowledge so fascinating and I think it links brilliantly to your experience in corporate I think you have so many relatable stories um so I think we can do something really exciting um with the, with our community so if people want to connect with you work with you where's the best place to find you and um, best place to find me is probably over on Instagram so you can find me at the self leadership coach um yeah that's mostly where I, I hang out I try and keep you know overwhelming all the rest of it I keep to one platform that's so that's where you'll find me well done and I'll put that link in the show notes thank you so much for joining us on the jobs for women podcast thank you I really hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Carly I am fascinated by the work that Carly does um and I love the example that she talked about about sort of clenching up the body and then releasing and I and I know I said it on the podcast but I do teach that a little bit in yoga and I do think it makes you become really aware of your body where you're holding tension or stress and I think it's really powerful um if you are suffering burnout I really hope that the things that Carly talked about the examples that she gave have helped you in some way and don't forget to reach out to her for some advice or just to connect with her if if you are going through it and don't forget to to share you know friends family um we've got a great community um at jobs for women we have our free membership and we've got our community area that is now live live so if you're not in the membership you need to head over to community.jobsforwomen.co.uk forward slash join and that's it for another week um I have loved having you here. I hope you've enjoyed it. If there's any guests or any topics or anything that you would like us to cover on the podcast, reach out. Hello at jobsforwomen.co.uk. So take care of yourselves. Until next time, I will see you very soon.